morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be listening, and welcome to another edition of The Unmade Bed, miraculously recorded only one week after the last episode. Whatever is going on. Anyway, we'll get to that shortly. My name's Adrian, that's Bree, say hello Bree. Hello Bree. Um, not a lot to talk about this week. Bree's got a lot to talk about uh, uh, music-wise. Um, I'd just like to digress momentarily to mark the death of a TV show this week. It hasn't actually been axed yet, but Big Brother, now on Channel 7, has officially cooked itself. Yeah. Um, whereas it used to be when it was interesting about people from all sorts of different backgrounds, you get them drunk and see what happens. Now it's just a house full of beautiful people. Yes, some somehow the producers got the idea into their head that, oh, look, you know, shows like Married at First Sight and Love Island and mm-hmm. whatnot do all right, so mm-hmm. why don't we apply that to Big Brother? Mm. And that's just not how it works. No. No. So a house full of beautiful people is, of course, as boring as batshit because they're all as vapid and vain as each other. Yeah. So, yes. as someone who watched the, at least, uh, look, I, I was, I, I loved the, the, the first, probably that, the fourth season of Big Brother. The, the Channel 10 era. The, the Channel 10 era, you know, the first one was very interesting, it mm-hmm. had interesting people on it, mm-hmm. um, the next few were were pretty good at, at the time, I wasn't working full time, so actually they had a lot of uh, live footage yes. from the house, and I was watching some of that. And yes. You know, talking with people during the day with the the live footage, and you know, including people showering in the the nutty and all that sort of mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And it was it was interesting because it was more fly on the wall mm. kind of thing and less forced interaction than mm-hmm. than what became of later seasons, even when it was with Channel Ten. Mm. And then well, I haven't even watched any of the, the newer ones to be honest, because it didn't interest me at all. No, you know, with all these you know challenges and that sort of like that's not what it was about. It was about just putting people together and then making something of it. Yeah, I think once Kyle and Jackie O became the host, that was the, oh yeah, uh, that was yeah, that was well and truly the death knell abysmal of it. But um, yeah, so it's still going. It has been bumped to a later time slot. Um, there's somehow Channel Seven seems to think that half past eight will work better than half past seven. We've got news for them. Yeah. Um, don't be surprised to see it tucked away at about 9.30 or 10.30 in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, because... and I can't see it coming back for another season unless... and Well, I mean, I guess as happens with TV these days, unless they've really got nothing else. No, unless they gave it a complete overhaul and took it back to what it once was. Maybe. But... And it's a great era. But I don't think Channel 7's interested. I don't, in I don't even think they can do that anymore because they're, they're just not... When they first started it, you know, there was there was no Instagram. There was no people who were, you know, trying yeah. to get on it just be to famous. to be famous. They yeah. the people they got on the first few seasons were were there just to you know maybe win the money, but just to see what happened, yeah. not to promote themselves. Mm-hmm. Now you can't do a reality show without people signing on who just want to promote themselves. Yeah. Yeah, so that that takes away the reality part of it now because people are so self-aware that there's cameras on them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, like The Block recently, I've got to say I've never watched an episode of The Block from start to end. 
No, neither have I. It's just drivel. Yeah. Just, <clears throat> I don't, and I really don't understand people who do watch it because, like, there's ordinary Australians can't afford to do what they do on that show, in terms of. No, but I mean, I I, I watch other renovation shows. Yes. You know, selling houses Australia and a few other, you know, <clears throat> what you know, grand designs mm. and that sort of thing. I, I like watching shows where they're renovating houses, mm. but not where people are just doing it for for fame. You know, yeah. I guess that's the is the defining mark. Doing it for the clicks. I want to watch people who actually know what they're doing do it. <laughs> yes. That's much more interesting to watch. Yes. But maybe that's just me. Mm. Um, coming into this episode, you said you had much to talk about from 1995. This intrigues me. Well, it, it just kind of started when I was browsing through Reddit, as one does, and then uh-huh. there was a thread and... The Hottest 100 of 1995 Ooh. came up. Mm. And that kind of sent me down a bit of a rabbit hole. Um, hottest 100 1995. Yes. Can't have been Tomorrow by Silver Chair. Uh, no, see, I have notes, so... You have notes. I have notes. I'm just trying to think now. Yeah, see, this is... Yeah, no, that's... No... So, let's. So I can start with. Um, so you, the, the hottest one hundred of nineteen ninety. So it was only the third hottest one hundred, really. That had kind of there was a, there had been a couple of hottest one hundreds of all time. Um, yes. Passed through Triple J before they went to the hottest one hundred of the previous year format. Yep. It started in nineteen ninety three, so nineteen ninety five was the third, mm-hmm. uh, and there was quite a. F- few artists and there's just such what kind of got me there's such a richness of of artists mm-hmm. from 1995 and mm-hmm. i guess look for me 1995 was the year that i finished high school right i know you were already in uni at that yep. point mm-hmm. second year represent yeah so 1995 was my final year of high school and mm-hmm. 90 you know 96 early 96 was when i started uni mm-hmm. so and then dropped out yeah, let's, let's not talk about that. All right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's... And as opposed to some more... To a lot of the more recent Hottest 100s, there were a lot of artists that had more than, you know, two or three songs mm-hmm. in the Hottest 100 because there was such an incredible embarrassment of rich, riches that were available. So... We can start with Oasis in 1995. Was that number one? That would be number one. Really? And Wonderwall? Yes, that would be Wonderwall. Huh. Yeah. It's sort of like about 1995 that I think Triple J and I guess the mainstream were a little more aligned at that time. Mm-hmm. Not entirely, definitely not entirely, but there was a lot of more crossover between what was played on Triple J and then what became... It's generally speaking the songs started being played on triple j and mm-hmm. then they made their way to commercial yep. stations mm-hmm. rather than the other way around which was what kind of what happened maybe a bit later mm-hmm. but the yeah, oss had two two entries in the 1995 hottest 100 do you know what the second entry well it's probably got to be morning glory yeah morning yeah and because i guess it was that 
What's the Story, Morning Glory was released later in 1995. Mm -hmm. Champagne Supernova and um, a couple of other songs weren't singles at that point in in 1995. They Mm -hmm. were were singles later, so they never made it onto their number two was a large American alternative band, if you want to take a stab. Large American alternative band. At the time. Um, Mixed gender. Uh, it's not someone like the Breeders or something, no. is it? No, Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, Smashing yeah, Pumpkins. Yeah, with butterfly wings. So. Yeah. Um, this was before Bell and Collie came out, so. Mm-hmm. so that was number two. And then a band that I know you like mm-hmm. uh, had three entries in the Hollis 100. Mm-hmm. That would be Live. Uh, Do you want to take a stab at which was their highest charting uh, song? And I feel like this is a bit of a trap. But On the Hottest 100. I'm sorry, there's just a cat fight taking place in the room here. Mm. Um, so it's not Lightning Crashes? It is lightning crashes, it is lightning yeah, okay. crashes yeah. And I alone was second. I, yeah. I, I would most people might say that I alone was the would have been the bigger charting song, but because I think well, it, I think it was the bigger commercial charting song. No, lightning crashes was the bigger hit. Was it? Yep. No, oh, there you go. You got to trust me on that. No, okay, I trust you on that one because you were. Yeah. All right. Uh, other other multiple entries were Bjork. Ah, uh, yes. It's So So Quiet. Yes, It's So So Quiet was uh, number seven, mm-hmm. I believe. Army of Me was another one. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my personal favourites from the time was Alanis Morissette. You Ought to Know. You Ought to Know mm-hmm. was the uh, highest ranking, highest rating uh, song. Also, One Hand in My Pocket and All I Really Want. Mm-hmm. And um, one other one was uh, Jeff Buckley. Oh. And probably what happened... So Jeff Buckley... So this is 1995 mm-hmm. when Grace was released. So mm-hmm. two songs charted, which was Last Goodbye, mm-hmm. which uh, rated at number 10, mm-hmm. and Grace, which came in at number 18. Was he still alive at this he point? He was still alive. John... Uh, sorry. Jeff Buckley died in 1997. Right. And it wasn't until 1997 that people realised Hallelujah existed. Or that his version of or it the, existed. Sorry, his version of Hallelujah existed. Mm-hmm. So it, it didn't come into the Hottest 100 when when the album was released. Yes. It came that, you know, which is probably his most famous song now, came came later after his death. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's uh, some further entries, uh, and which actually had two in the top ten, mm-hmm. were Presidents of the USA. Oh, yes. With... Uh, Kitty. Kitty, <laughs> my kitty, my foot, and I want to touch it. Yeah. Yeah. And lump. Uh, Tism had three entries in the hottest one hundred. And probably the top one was "You'll Never Be an Old Man River." Yep, "Old Man River" was the top Greg, one. Greg the stop sign. Greg the stop sign. That was actually, I think, "Old Man River" was number eight, and Greg the stop sign was number nine. Mm-hmm. So they were both in the top ten. Uh, Foo Fighters had two songs. Uh, Jill Solbuel, oh, who yes. kissed a girl way before Katy Perry yeah. ever did. Yes, I remember Jill Solbuel. Yes, so she had two songs in the Hottest 100. 
um, the top one, which was I Kissed a Girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, Faith No More had two songs. Uh, Garbage, which is one of my favourite bands of, of all time. That was actually their debut album. Yes, that the, was the year that they first appeared. And so for those who don't know, Garbage Garbage started with um, primarily with Butch Vig. And Butch Vig was, uh, he pr- produced Nirvana's Nevermind mm-hmm. album. And he was primarily a drummer and then a producer. Mm-hmm. And then he decided to, to make this new new band um, that was more uh, electronic-based. And um, apparently he, he started writing the songs well, well before they had a vocalist. Yeah. And he played them to someone and somebody said, oh, that sounds like garbage, which is where the, where name, come from. the name came from. Right. And then they decided, actually, we want a female singer in sort of in the vein of, of Debbie Harry and that sort of punk mm-hmm. singer. And he was watching a, a show in the UK, um, which was like a rage song. It's called 120 Minutes. Okay. Um, and he watched a, a music video. And in the background of that music video was Shirley Manson. She was a background singer for oh, okay. um, a Scottish band whose name I forget and haven't written down. Mm-hmm. And they saw her and they were absolutely in- intrigued by the way that she looked and the way that she sang. Mm-hmm. And they contacted her. And at the time, she was basically on Scotland's, well, the UK's version of Centrelink about to sign up. Because she had no money. And she was on a UB40. That's where UB40 got their name from, for the unemployment benefit. Yes. Yeah, so she was there signing up for unemployment benefits, and she had no idea who Butch Vig is, mm-hmm. was at the time. Mm-hmm. And she looked it up, and then she went, oh, shit, this guy was involved with Nirvana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was saying to her, can you come to us and can you audition for the band? Mm-hmm. And so she... You know, you, you, once she realised that, you can't say no <laughs> to that, especially given that she had no money. Yes. Um, and so she went to their, their place and they started playing these songs that they had already started working on. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they said to her, oh, can you start making up some lyrics? Mm-hmm. And she was just a background singer. She had never yeah, written, written any music at the time. So she was shitting herself. Mm-hmm. This was basically what she what she said and she started just making up some some bullshit as well and mm-hmm. and she was she thought she'd blown it she thought that like oh, i don't i've got no i've got no idea what i'm doing mm-hmm. but they saw enough in her to invite her back and mm. okay and then it turned out she was actually really quite a good like she wrote the lyrics for most of garbage's songs and she wrote this that's you know that sort of passive aggressive Mm-hmm. kind of lyrics that garbage has been you know i'm only happy when it rains that yeah sort of you know yes that that sort of lyric so she started writing that and then and then yeah garbage became a uh, a very big band so mm. there we go sorry that's the story of story of garbage which uh, right one of my favorite bands and so 1995 is yet when they the when, year of garbage the year of garbage um they had two more Two more very successful albums after that. Yeah, they they still they never broke up, but you know Shirley Manson started doing her own thing as well. And they released an album around two thousand and one, two thousand and two. I'm sure they brought music out while yeah. I was in radio. Yeah, they they brought new music out. So yeah, you know 
and most you know a lot of it charted quite well mm-hmm. so um garbage was yeah there's another one regurgitator red hot chili peppers was more that had uh dual songs in there and you know as this was triple j in 1995 there were three songs in the hottest 100 that were about smoking marijuana so i want to be a hippie i want to be a hippie uh the reefer song oh yes the reefer Reefer song song. and the song that was simply called let's go smoke some pot so oh okay can't say i've heard of that one but it was in the yeah it's not a particular, it it's not it a memorable com- song that, but and it never made it to commercial radio. Definitely didn't make it to commercial radio, but yeah, so. okay, yeah. So that's it. That was pretty much it. Yeah, that's just uh, I guess some reminiscing on uh, on 1995, which to me was a it was just a really good, really good year for. For music and, and Australian music, you know, mm. you, you know, Wonderwall, Bullet, um, Bullet for my Gangsters Paradise was number three, which really I forgot that. Yeah, so that was a crossover song between you know alternative and commercial because that obviously made it to number one. I don't know for how many weeks, but at some point, Gangsters Paradise. It was definitely number one. Oh yeah, it was definitely number on, one on the commercial charts for some Four time. Four weeks maybe. Yeah. Um, Everclear's Heroin Girl, um, which was a interesting song, which is actually based on on the the uh, singer's real life experience with his with his brother who died of a heroin overdose oh. with his girlfriend, and he overheard the policeman saying that, "Oh, this is just another heroin overdose." You I know, didn't know that. You know, sort of writing it off, and custard with you know apartment. And number eight, which is probably Kylie Minogue's highest ever uh, ranking song on the Hottest 100. No, it wasn't the Wild Roses Crow. It was the Wild Roses Crow. Oh, that was the one. It was a number eight on the 1995 chart. Confide in Me made the Hottest 100. It did, but I don't think it made the top ten at the time. Right. So. Mm. Hmm. So what was going on in commercial radio in this time in 1995? Well... Did, this is more your bag. I did bring out the ch- the chart for this week back in 1995, and yep. um, you've been through some eclectic music there, reminiscing on what Triple J was doing. The singles chart this week was a bit more, I guess, blasé. The number ten song was Michael Jackson's "You Are Not Alone." Yep, not his worst song, but not his best. No, it's all right. Uh, Where the Wild Roses Grow, Nick Cave and Kylie. That was number nine. Number nine, okay, yep. Entering the top ten at number eight, Janet Jackson, Runaway. Hmm. Again, not her worst song, but probably not her best. No, it's just a bit generic. Number seven, Meatloaf. And no, it's not the song you think, it's the follow-up. I'd lie for you and that's the the truth. truth. Yeah. Yeah. The less said about that, the better. Speaking of less said about it, the better. Number six, Seal, Kiss from a Rose. Yep, that would have been number one at some point. I'm sure it was it number one have... at some point. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five, rocketing into the top ten from number 14, was the Out Here Brothers. Boom, boom, boom. That you say, well, well. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well. 
Number four, TLC, Waterfalls. Now, that is a yep. great track. Doesn't get a lot of love on airplay these days. No, on that was actually in the hottest 100 as well, somewhere, oh, in, okay. somewhere around the middle at that time. Very good. Yep. Number three was CDB, Australian Grown Homies, Ooh, with Let's Groove. Yeah. Staying Alive by Entrance was number two. Yep, that was also in the Hottest 100. Yes, and may I say? this was uh, one of the weeks that Gangster's Paradise was number one. Number one, yeah. The uh, the number one album this week was indeed Melancholy and the Infinite, Infinite Sadness. Sadness yeah. mm. So to go look at the top ten ARIA singles of the year based on sales. Of the year, okay. Of yep. the year. So yep. number ten was actually You Are Not Alone, which was never a number one hit, but it... Must have just... It just hung around yeah, so long that it was one of those ones that, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, managed that week to... by week sort of mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. Take That was number nine with Back for Good. Yeah. Mm. Okay, yeah. CDB's there at number eight. Let's Groove. Cranberry Zombie, number seven. Yeah. You still hear that being played these days. Number I wonder s- if did that cross over years because that was definitely a number one song at some point as well. In 1995, 90... it was about February 1995, yeah. it was number one. Mm. Uh, number six, a song that I absolutely despise, Brian Adams, Have You Ever Really Loved a Woman? No, not really. And I like Brian Adams. I've got some of his music in my collection, but that song? No. Garbage. That doesn't feel like... I, I don't feel like... Was that written by Brian? I didn't bring my phone in with Probably me. not. No. I probably feel, written It feels by, like that was a song that maybe was written by, you know, some sort of hit maker and some... It was some, probably written by Mutt Lang, actually. Yeah. Uh, number five, Real McCoy, Another Night. Yeah. Meryl Bain, Bridget, number four with Mouth. Yeah. Kiss My Rose was three. Staying Alive was two. And the biggest song of 1995 was, yes, Gangster's Paradise. Nice. Yeah. So there you go. All right. So yeah, actually, that so that makes what uh, one, two. And if you happen to be interested in what's in the actual Aria top fifty this week, it's basically all Taylor Swift songs. Yeah. Because she's re-released or she's released Taylor's version of the album nineteen eighty nine, and so it's either songs from her latest album or songs from. 1989, Taylor's version. Yeah. But interestingly, I saw number 50 this week, and you can message me on Facebook if you can tell me why this is, because I can't figure it out. Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls is in the single chart at number 50. Okay. Now, that song was on a soundtrack for... City of Angels. Okay, and that doesn't explain anything then, because that's not really... No. I just... For the life of me... Can't can't work out what it's doing there. Someone who's maybe more down with the now and hip with the teens could maybe tell me why Iris is back in the top fifty. Because that song is now it's nineteen ninety eight, so what's that, twenty five years old? Yeah. Mm. So it beats me what it's doing there. Hopefully someone can tell me. Yeah. Well, me- if someone someone hip with the now, that counts out Nick and Basso, but uh... Hello, boys, if you're listening. <laughs> but, uh, yes. <clears throat> All right. Um, but, yes, and all, but just on this week's charts also, I'd just like to give a shout-out to the number two vinyl release of, of the week, which was from Mark of Cain. Ah. Which uh, managed to get at number two. There's no way anyone was ever going to beat Taylor Swift at, at number one. 
but they managed to make it to number two with their seminal album Ill at Ease, which was also from. Uh, I'm gonna eat my words here, but it was around ninety, late nineties, at least mm-hmm. ninety six or ninety seven. Um, so they actually have. Which was in they have a they have a vinyl chart now, do they? They do have a vinyl chart, yes. Um, so the Mark of Cain was basically this uh, South Australian band from around the, the late nineties. Yes, one of the most exciting things to come from Adelaide. Mm. What what did you say the album was called? The album was called Ill at Ease. Uh, Ill at Ease was released in November 1995. So it was 95, okay, Mm -hmm. yep, so. And yes, so they're um, currently touring, and I'll be going to see them in January in Hobart. Okay, they've uh, been around since 1984, so that's a a pretty good innings for an Australian band. Yeah, they've been... They've had a long, long innings, and they never, they, they never broke up. But you know, like some bands tend to do, they kind of had a period where, you know, yeah, where they're all off, you know, just you know, having babies and doing stuff like that. Mm. But, uh, but so uh, yeah, they're touring for uh, the, what is oh my god now the sort of I guess the thirtieth anniversary. Yes. Of Ill-at-ease. roughly of Illidies, so. Mm-hmm. Well, not quite thirty. Well, not, but... not quite thirty, but n- near enough. Mm. Mm. Right, so that's got us to about the 25-minute mark. You got anything else? No. Um, I'll probably just add something else to kind of more uh, to more recent times. Is, that... is it about Dolly Parton? No, it's not about Dolly Parton. It's is about... it about Miley Cyrus? No, it's not about Miley Cyrus. Britney Spears? No. Okay. Yeah, no, it's about Monoskin. Ah, yes, you're going to see them in a couple of or weeks. Or Monoskin, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Yeah. Monoskin is actually the... Danish pronunciation, but Manuskin is the Italian pronunciation. As, and that's where and, they're from. As so. they're an Italian band, that's perfectly acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, so I'll be off to see them in a couple of weeks in Sydney, and today they just released um, not a new album, but they added five new songs to their, I guess, their most recent existing album. Oh, that old trick. Yes. So okay. To get, you know, their fans to buy another copy mm-hmm. with the new songs, but... Uh, Mm. So you've already got a copy? Ah, listening on Spotify. Listening on Spotify. At this point, because I'll I'll purchase something when I go to the the concert. To the concert, so. Mm. 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 But otherwise, that's probably about it for... That's about it. The cat fight that was brewing has uh, amounted to nothing. Yeah. There is a cat on my bed, but he's looking more interested in finding somewhere to snooze. All right. I think that might wrap up this episode. Nods of agreement. That is the end of this episode of the Unmade Bed. Will we? Be, will we? we <laughs> will we be back next week? I don't know. That is yet to be decided. But anyway, say good night, Bree. Good night, Bree. It's a good night from me. Thank you for once again for listening to the Unmade Bed. Mm-hmm.